mindfulness mode. Giving yourself permission to be different and doing things in a way that works for you and knowing that like that is going to generate more success and more flow and more alignment than anything else. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and mindfulness life coach, Bruce Lankford. Mindful Tribe, there's more and more of an interest in learning, well, learning in detail about who you really are. And there's a way to do that called human design. And you might have heard of human design before. It's a, a method that I think is based on science. We're going to learn a lot about this method today because I'm with an expert at human design. She uses human design to help thousands of individuals and companies step into their work and step into their lives as their truest selves and their highest potential. So she's worked and attracted a growing community of over 60,000 people. So this is quite incredible and she shares various kinds of tools and tips and and helps people with their self-knowledge so that they can live with greater ease and authenticity every single day. I'm today with Erin Claire Jones. Erin, are you in mindfulness mode today? Um, I hope so, yes. I'm so happy to be here. I think that I'm in mindfulness mode, yes. I'm sure you are, and I'm so happy to have you here, Erin. This is just great. Erin, what does mindfulness mean to you? To me, mindfulness is so much around presence, you know, and just being so fully attuned and connected to where I am and who I'm with. And I think in all the small ways and big ways you know, in each moment, but also like in my life, you know, loving who I'm with, being where I am. For sure. Erin, human design sounds fascinating to me. And I I mentioned in the intro that I believe that human design has some basis in science. Is that true? You know, it's interesting. I feel like the founder of human design who's no longer alive would say yes, but you know, it's not, it's not like a scientific method. It's not like a thing that's been studied and proven, you know, human design is basically a quantum system. It pulls from astrology, the Kabbalah, the I Ching, quantum physics, genetics, kind of biochemistry. They really give us like a master, just basically blueprint of how we're designed to operate at our best, but it's very mystical in its origins. It's based on our exact time, date, and place of birth. So I think while some people call it a science, like I wouldn't call it quite that yet because I think so much of it, um, you know, hasn't been proven by science yet. Some of it has, but I think it's more, I think the way that I approach human design as a system, because I work with so many skeptics is not like, is this system true, but is it useful? You know, and I think what I see so often over and over again, is like, it's just so extraordinarily useful. Until Tell us how it is useful. So human design is useful in that it basically gives us a blueprint to how we're uniquely wired to make decisions and communicate and work within teams and collaborate and parent and partner and all the things. It reminds us that we're all incredibly different and really gives us the tools to step into our uniqueness. And I think what drew me to human design so much was how grounded and tactical it was. I feel like there are a lot of systems out there that give us a lot of juicy information, but then we have like no idea what to do with the information. We're like, cool, we're this thing. Now what? You know, I think human design is very much like, this is how you're designed to operate at best, best. And this is how you step into it. Um, And so, and I think honestly, my experience with human design is that so rarely am I telling anyone something they don't know. I'm just giving them like a language and a framework for what they've always felt, but never really kind of allowed themselves to step into. Um, And so I think that that is just like, it gives people so much permission and so much validation. And it just reminds us that we are all going to find our flow differently. And the more we own that and honor that, the more flow we'll find and the more success we'll find. 
And so once we have our human design type uh, determined, well, first of all, how many different types are there? Let's talk about the types. So there are five different types and then there are like bajillions and, and thousands of different configurations. So oh. types are just like the first piece uh -huh. um, and it speaks to how we're designed to best use our energy, but then it gets so much more nuanced from there. So like say you and your partner, you and your kid are both generators or projectors. It doesn't mean that you guys are the same. There is a similarity, but just know that there are so many other layers like human design is kind of endless in the information it can offer. But the highest level, we have manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. Now, could you say that list slower i'm very interested in this manifesting generators okay generators which we think you are okay projectors uh-huh manifestors okay and reflectors and reflectors okay and reflectors okay well yeah so mindful tribe just before we started the interview i told Aaron, when my date of birth was and my approximate birth time, I tried to be as exact as I could with that, although I'm not absolutely sure. And so she said we could make this like a session where she's actually sharing some insight and some details. So let's go for it. Let's do it. Okay, great. Um, and again, like we don't know your exact time. So just like, I mean, I think honestly, I'd say this to any client, like, take what feels supportive and resonant and useful and like release the rest. You mm -hmm. know, human design is meant to be a tool that supports and empowers us and not one that is meant to kind of limit us in any way. Um, so we think you're generators. So basically, like I said, there are those five types generators. And I'll talk about kind of just briefly about the different types so people get a taste, mm -hmm. but generators and manifesting generators are like the doers, the builders, the creators, the ones that really have the energy and the life force to kind of build, create, and make things happen. The more satisfied and lit up you are by how you're using your energy each day, the more energy you will have, the more you will magnetize to you, the more you will uplift everyone around you. And so, so much of the lesson for both generators and manifesting generators is really learning how to prioritize your own satisfaction and excitement, like not doing things just because people ask, you know, because people can sense your capacity, but doing things because like you're so genuinely excited and lit up by them and not seeing that as like a selfish thing, but seeing it as very much like how you're meant to have the most impact in the world, you know, and so much of the dance for both generators and manifesting generators it's just like keeping a real eye on like the relationships and aspects of your life and work that are lighting you up the most and kind of doing more of those things. And also acknowledging what like, you know, really is depleting you, draining you, exhausting you, and like kind of being able to delegate and hand those things off as well. Um, and the last piece that I'd share is that, you know, like an ideal day for you might be one where you kind of wake up energized, excited, you use up your energy all day. <clears throat> in ways that feel like exciting, satisfying, fun. And you kind of like drop into bed, like exhausted and fulfilled. Like you're kind of just like meant to use up your motor all day. So you can just like recharge at night and wake up energized. Um, and actually the very last piece that I'll share is that your strategy in human design, which is true for all generators and manifesting generators is about letting things come to you. You're not really designed to chase after things, initiate. It's more about kind of like keeping your awareness open, seeing what shows up in your world. When something shows up that sparks you going after that thing, but also kind of trust in the right things will show up in your sphere and in your orbit. Yeah, I would say I really resonate video? with those things that you said. I really do. Yeah. Especially cool. especially you that one about life. using yeah, all the energy and then dropping into bed exhausted but happy and, and satisfied. That's me, definitely. 
Yeah. Which is just like, that's like alignment, you know, and honestly for you, a sense of being aligned and aligned in your design is like satisfaction. It's like, I just feel so satisfied in my relationships and the work that I do. Like I just drop in a bit fulfilled and a sign of being off track for you is frustration. It's just like, I'm chasing after things, nothing's happening. I'm actually really not enjoying the work that I'm doing. I feel like depleted, but not satisfied. And so kind of always keeping an eye on where those things are. And so what can knowing this do for me? How can this help me? So in terms of knowing your type, you know, it is knowing like so many generators that I worked with are just like in jobs they don't enjoy are basically like saying yes to so many things that they don't enjoy because they're like, somebody asked me, I might as well just do it, you know? And so, so much of the lesson for you, like I said, is around like prioritizing your satisfaction. It's like, I'm going to have very strong boundaries. When I'm lit up and excited, I'm all in. When I'm not, I'm also going to say no to it, you know? So I think really as much as you can, taking inventory and investing in the things that you enjoy. And also knowing that in terms of like creating opportunities for you, you're not meant to chase after them. Things are meant to come to you and you're kind of waiting for things to spark you before you kind of make it happen. So taking inventory, I would say is the most actual piece and also kind of noticing where you're chasing after things versus where you're trusting your magnetism. Right. Do you feel like you do let things come to you or do you feel like you're more of the like, I'm going to go make it happen, initiate? No, I feel like I let things come to me and and when they do, I immediately identify that and I immediately feel as though, wow, things are so in alignment. This is great. Look what just happened. What just happened again? And yeah, that's totally it. And also like the more lit up and satisfied you are by what you're doing, the more magnetic you become. Yes. You know, if you're in a job that you don't enjoy, like really depleted, like it's going to be hard to attract aligned opportunities your way. And so again, it's just like, it is, you know, I worked with a client last week who lost her job during COVID and was like full-time parenting. And she had like stopped, she was an actress and she was like, I had so much more energy working 14 hour days than I do right now, you know? And so for generators and manifesting generators, like you're here to love the work that you do and it's what gives you so much energy. Right. And just to give you a taste, like I'm a very different type. I'm a projector. So I don't have that same kind of just like doing energy to make things happen like you do. So like projectors and also, you know, maybe we can include it in the show notes, but you can look up your design at erinclairjones.com slash look up if you want to look up your type as well. Um, but just for example, for a difference, like projectors are really here to be like the leaders, the guides, the advisors, the teachers, like not here to do all the doing. Like my energy really ebbs and flows. Like I'm not really here to be a doer. Um, so much of my gift is just kind of like tuning into people and asking the right questions. Um, I meant to work like three to five hours a day, you know, and like kind of really be supported by people that can like help me with the doing and bringing things to life. Um, and I spent my entire life trying so hard to be a generator. Mm. <laughs> and so it was such a real lesson. I was like, you know what? I actually am not going to find success by like being the doer and like creatively bringing things off the ground, but really just like stepping into my role as like a guide, you know, and my, my business partner and fiance is a generator. So like I'm supported by that energy all the time, but I'm not trying to kind of mimic that in the way that I used to be. So how are you led to human design? I was led to human design very serendipitously. I was, I live in New York and I was at a gathering in 2015 and basically had a stranger sit next to me and was like, do you know what your human design is? I was like, I have no clue. And he gave me a mini reading on the spot and it was just like so resonant. And I just felt like such a tremendous sense of relief. 
I was like, I have spent so much of my life trying to be all the things that I'm not. Like, are you really telling me I get to be exactly who I am? Um, and he actually ended that conversation by being like, and you're meant to do this and we're meant to work together. And like so much of my design is about being invited into things. So he very kind of directly invited me into human design, but I was just like really pulled. So I ended up working with him for a couple of years before I launched my own practice. And I think that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, like I was just so drawn to like the kind of bridge between like the mystical and the practical, you know, in terms of like having a system that kind of reveals so much around our energetics, but having it be so practical in terms of being able to kind of use it in our day-to-day -day lives. How many people do human design across the globe? Are there hundreds, thousands? What's it, thousands. What are the numbers like? Thousands? Yeah. I mean, I have to say that like when I probably started in 2015, it was like maybe like 2% of what it is now. Like even since the beginning of 2018, like it's just grown so tremendously. You know, like I feel like there was like one school of human design in 2015 and now it's like all over the place. You hear it all the time. So it's really kind of like, I don't even think it's having a moment. I think it's just like, I think people are really sensing how impactful and specific and useful this information is. So um, there are so many, I am seeing more and more every day, you know, and so many of my initial clients are all now readers and studying. And so it's really, it's, it's taking off in such a beautiful way. Oh, that's, that's really exciting. And so what kind of work yeah. did you do previous to that? I came from a startup background. Um, and so I basically was working for a number of different companies and just like observed a lot of dysfunction. You know, I was like, these people are amazing. These teams are amazing, but no one really kind of knows how to work together. And I think, and I was on the side of that described exploring a lot of different kind of alternative modalities. And I think when I landed in human design, it was just like, it just made sense to me. I was like, this could help not only individuals, but partnerships and teams. So a lot of my work is actually with supporting partnerships and teams that kind of know how to best work together because it's so powerful to not only under our, understand ourselves, but even more powerful than to like understand like how different our kids are, how different our parents are, our teams are, all of that. Can you be more specific about how this helped you personally? Yeah. And I think that like, it really just helped me understand how to operate in a way that worked for me and how to build a business in a way that was aligned. So for me as a projector, like I'm not here to be a doer, you know? So I basically honed in on like where I offer the most value, which is like teaching and guiding people. And I partnered and supported on the rest with support on the rest. I learned that I wasn't really um, meant to chase after things. I was kind of meant to be invited in and really like recognized. So instead of like pitching companies. I basically just like share about what I do all day every day and like let the right people kind of resonate and come to me. And that's been such a more natural way to build my business. Um, you know, I learned that I'm very collaborative. Like I'm really not meant to do it on my own. So I've kind of always been supported by people. You know, I've learned like some of my biggest shadows are being overzealous, working too hard, not knowing when to stop, trying to prove myself. So really kind of keeping an eye on those things to make sure they're not kind of like guiding my behavior. Um, you know, I really like learned so many of my like innate strengths. And we can talk about all this stuff for you if you're curious. But, you know, for me, it's so much around so much of my gift is basically just like in witnessing and listening to people asking the right questions and then kind of sharing all the things that I see. And I had spent my entire life doing that. I'm feeling like I had to be like more like proactive and just like contributing and talking and like really kind of just like owning the things that I did really well, you know? And so it really just feels like I was able to do things in a way that not only generated so much more success for me, but in a way that just felt better. And I think that's so much of the magic of human design is yes, it will bring you into more alignment in every aspect of your life, but also like you'll just do it in a way that feels good. You'll build a business in a way that feels good. You'll partner in a way that feels good. And I think that like, 
it just, again, I think I was trying to model myself after so many other entrepreneurs and people that I saw, but none of their strategies or rubrics really worked for me. And I think human design kind of gave me the rubric that actually just was more successful, but also just felt so much better for me. Well, you just have a glow. You have this happiness, this glow, and this feel of, of being totally grounded. Do you attribute human design to that? You know, um, I think it's probably a combination of all the things, you know, I think that like, I've always taken pretty good care of myself and also really, you know, explored so many different modalities from meditation to Kundalini to just all the things. Like I've always been very curious. So I think that I've always um, been able to stay grounded from that. But I also think that like, I love what I do. I love the work that I do. It's been amazing to like have it support me so well. And I just feel like, I, I also like literally just moved from New York City to the woods. We just bought a beautiful home upstate. So like, I also just like moved in my dream spot and I feel like I'm in nature all the time, which is so much more sustainable for me than I think the city. Um, but yeah, I think human design has, it, it has made me just feel so aligned with who I am. And I think that like, I felt good before, but it was just like, I was trying so hard to be successful in a way that didn't really work for me. Mm -hmm. So I think that human design is definitely part of it. I think also taking good care of myself is another part of it, you know, but I think all those things are really combined. You know, I think that human design just kind of like reminds me to be exactly who I am and know that I will find success by doing just that. And that has been a really liberating thing in my life because it was not what I was living before. I want to know what meditation looks like in your life, Erin. I tried so many different modalities. You know, I think that I was very into, I did my first meditation retreat when I was in college with Thich Nhat Hanh. I think it was his actually last retreat while he was in the US. Um, and that was amazing. I remember going into that retreat and feeling like I was like, I'm going to figure my whole life out, you know? And then I walked in, I was like, oh, there's nothing to figure out. I was just like, I'm just like so grateful for like the things that I have. And it was just like, so I think I expected to just like figure so much out. And it really just like grounded me so much in like exactly where I was. And I think that was like such a important lesson early on. Um, you know, I did my first Vipassana when I was in Bali, which was amazing, you know, for, I'm sure those here are familiar, but that's a hundred hours of meditating yes. <laughs> 10 days, yes. um, which was amazing. And just like, I mean, such an otherworldly experience in some ways, you know? Um, but, and, you know, I think that I, my practice now is, is meditating when I wake up in the morning, you know, and for me, I find it to be so powerful, kind of like after doing Kundalini and moving my body a little bit, but it vacillates, you know, I think that I really have to kind of like ebb and flow with where I am in my life and what's most sustainable. But I think that setting myself up with that is so powerful. Um, but I, I do find that even like um, practicing Kundalini before I meditate is like allows me to kind of drop in deeper and, and be more present more quickly. And after that first Vipassana, did you continue on and then do more? I actually haven't. I was like, I'm going to do it every year, you know, mm -hmm. um, but then life happened. <laughs> I yeah. got busy, but I do, I plan to do more, you know, it, it's like, I think with my life right now, taking 10 days is a little bit more challenging. So it's more around kind of like integrating it, but I would love to do more. I love to actually bring my partner. Not that we'd like see each other at all doing it, but, um, but I thought it was, it, it's a very rigid experience. Like, you know, I think that there are gentler ways to approach some of this stuff, um, but I found it, I loved it it really like resonated with me as an approach. And like, I've explored so many different alternative healing modalities. And like the passion, it was definitely kind of the most, it was the most intense, the most clarifying, the most powerful. It was just like, it was really, um, it's, it's such a powerful experience. I have to imagine it's not for everyone, but I really did love it so much. Let's talk about forgiveness. Is this something you work on with your clients quite a bit? 
Because I notice with my clients, a lot of times that's something that we really need to dig into and work on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, I don't think that I like specifically work on forgiveness, but I think that it, you know, our sessions are so much around like orienting towards where we are and where we're going, you know, and also kind of like letting go of the things that have come before. And so like, I think that we don't really sit there trying to talk about all the things that have happened and why they've happened, but we're really kind of orienting on how we can show up in a more aligned way in the future. And I think in so many ways to do that, we've got to let go of so much, you know, and I think forgiveness is not really always just about them. It's for us. It's for all of us, you know? So um, I think that it definitely weaves its way into our work because I think it's what requires people to show up in a more present way and be more oriented towards where they're going in an aligned way. Um, but it, yeah, it adds some flows and it is so interesting because even there are aspects of our design that can speak to like some people having a really hard time letting go, you know, or things like that. So there are pieces that can kind of resonate why or explain why some of that stuff might be a little more difficult. Right. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. how long do you usually work with a typical client? It varies. You know, I think that like human design is not a thing where it's like, you've got to just be with me for a year. You know, I think that like, I often give people their blueprint and I think that, Basically, you know, I have written guides to your unique design and a lot of people just get that and they read their design and read it over and over again and kind of stay connected to it. I do sessions with people, but I think my intention is really to kind of give people the tools they can work with in their own lives. If they want to continue sitting together to like help integrate it, that's always going to be useful. But I think that it's more about kind of just like giving people the tools and kind of letting them integrate it over time. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a story okay. of one of your clients and the transition they made as a result of your human design work? course you know I had a, a longtime client now and she was so her design she was a manifesting generator which is not just about it's also kind of that doing energy but like she was meant to have her energy and lots of different things at once she was super multi-passionate she was like never meant to choose just one lane but she similar to you was actually meant to kind of wait for things to come up come to her and show up in her world and spark her you know mm -hmm. and she had was when I talked to her she was in a job where like was the opposite of that. She was like, I have a vision. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to force it. I'm going to will it into existence. And she did, you know, and then she got into that job and she was like, this doesn't feel good. I'm not at all satisfied by this. It's like exactly what I dreamed of, but in like no ways, no way is it what I, what I want. And I think human design so immediately validated to her. It was like exactly not the right approach for her. And so she actually, I mean, and not everyone can quit their job the next day, but she quit her job the next day and kind of like opened up her awareness. And then like this new opportunity came up and it felt so good. And she jumped into it. And it was just like, you know, it's been so beautiful to kind of watch her release control and just really kind of like trust her body to direct her, you know, because human design, a really powerful aspect we haven't talked about, but we can is around how we make decisions, you know? And so it was very cool. She entered into this job. I worked with her to kind of help build her team in a really aligned way to kind of bring on the right support and also, you know, supported her as she's like pivoted onto the next thing. I think with manifesting generators and her type in particular, they often feel like they need to choose just one thing when so much of their design is kind of giving themselves permission to just like keep pivoting, keep moving, keep reinventing themselves and not kind of land in just one place. I know that your work has appeared in Forbes and Mind Body Green, Well and Good and different places. Do you spend a lot of your time writing? I do spend a lot of my time writing. I haven't actually written any of those pieces. Those have been like kind of more interviews. Okay. Um, but I do. I think that like I, I so much of my love of this work is creating content around human design. 
and like, just like helping people know like how to use it in relationship and all those things, you know? And so I'm so looking forward to writing a book. The time is not just yet only because mm-hmm. things are a bit wild, but I love writing and I love, you know, just exploring different applications of human design in ways that can be useful for people. So where does your writing appear? Is it in a blog or does it appear somewhere where we could consume? A lot of my writing is on Instagram actually. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 kind of deep, very detailed posts about like, what does this relationship look like for this type? And what is it for this type? And so it's very much kind of just like reminders, you know, in terms of how to like integrate our design and give people that kind of permission on a daily basis. Oh, I see. Um, so it's it's very detailed for Instagram, but people seem to really love it. And I love sharing there. So I'm Erin Claire Jones there. But it really is, again, just kind of how to imply human design to our day to day and remind ourselves of who we are. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, of course, your your email address, or sorry, your website address is erinclairjones.com, correct? Yes. Yeah. E-R-I-N-C-L-A-I-R-E, Jones, J-O-N-E-S, erinclairjones.com. So, yeah, check out Aaron's website. I think you'll be really glad you did. Aaron. I always ask a question about bullying because I've worked in the field of bullying prevention for about 20 years, and, and I've always found that there's a connection between bullying and mindfulness. Do you have a story you can share where maybe mindfulness would have made a difference in that particular situation? Yeah, I think that like, I guess, you know, it's not actually like an old story. I just, I think what it makes me think of is like, it can be pretty vulnerable to like put yourself out there in the world that we're in right now. And like Mm -hmm. so much of my work is actually putting myself out there all the time. Yes. You know, and so I think that it's been, I think mindfulness has been a really necessary tool because like, you know, I haven't faced so much crazy messages and stuff, but like some, and I witness a lot of people around me receiving it all the time. And so I think that it's been a real lesson in those moments of just having perspective, you know, and not getting lost in it and taking it all personally and assuming it's all about me, you know, but really kind of having the perspective to like step back and see it for what it is. So I think that it is, yeah, I think, I think my biggest lesson is like, yes, putting myself out there, but also being grounded enough in myself that I'm able to kind of handle the things as they come and also see them for what they are, you know, and know that so much of it is not about me. And it's about kind of the journeys that we're all going through and how we're choosing to express ourselves. Yeah, for sure. As we move yeah. forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second okay. answers are perfect. The first question is this, who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence for you? Oh gosh, you know, I think that like Thich Nhat Hanh for sure. I think that first meditation retreat. Um, I'd also say just my partner only because I think so much of mindfulness for me is around presence. And I think that he's such a, he embodies that so deeply. And I think also really reminds me of that on a daily basis, especially when I'm not showing up in that way. Sure. How has mindfulness affected your emotions or how you deal with your emotions? I think that it has just like given me a little bit more perspective and acceptance. You know, I think rather than getting kind of lost in it, and, and so much of my human design actually speaks about this, but I think so much rather than kind of getting lost in it and making decisions from where I am, it's just like honoring exactly where I am, you know, like feeling the feelings, being really connected and tuned into them, and also just like trusting they'll pass, you know, and kind of knowing clarity is always on the other side. So I think it's given me perspective and presence in a way that I've been able to kind of move through them a little bit more sustainably. Let's talk about breathing. How is breathing a part of your mindfulness practice? I think that it's part of my meditation practice and part of Kundalini, I think, but I, I'm also always inspired to kind of connect more to 
breath work and all the things. And my partner and I definitely use breathing, especially like, um, you know, when we're feeling stressed, it's just like a lot of like dig deep breath and letting it out. And so that's always been just a powerful way to kind of reconnect to the moment. If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? I think a, a beautiful book early on in my journey, which is not specifically about mindfulness, but I think it is about kind of living in a more mindful present way was the surrender experiment. Um, have you read that? Yes, I have. And I really liked it. Yeah. It was so good. You it know, was. I just think it was so, it was like the perfect time in my life where I was like, I'm just going to show up with where I am. And like, when it's time to just like evolve and move, like staying connected to that. And I think there's so many lessons for that, both in how we live our lives in a bigger way, but also how we live our lives in like a day-to-day kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. It's a great book. Can you share an app which can help with mindfulness? I don't have an app that I use, but I would say, you know, one of my dearest friends, Emily Fletcher is a beautiful teacher um, and she's got some amazing courses around it. I don't think they're on apps, but they're on her website. So she's really such a great resource. And what's her name again? Emily Fletcher. Emily Fletcher. Right. And she has she has a company called Ziva Meditation. Okay. Yeah, great. I'll yeah. put that in our show notes, mindfulnessmode.com. The show notes are there. So yeah, check it out. And it's, it's just really great talking to you. I want to know, Aaron, if you were talking personally to a listener right now who's listening and feeling, gee, I wish I were as grounded as Aaron. I wish I could feel as much peace and happiness as she does. What would you suggest? What would your words of wisdom be? You know, I think two pieces. One, like, you know, identify the practices that support you in finding that. And like, not that you'll find it every day at all, but I just think that it's just like, if it's five minutes of meditation, if it's dance, whatever form that is, like just a thing to reconnect yourself to you in the morning or at night, I think is so just goes such a long way. Um, and also like, you know, I will say that human design really plays a role here. I think that like, when we give ourselves permission to just show up as we are and do things in a way that uniquely works for us, I just think we find so much more compassion and acceptance in our lives with and with ourselves and with each other. And so I think whether or not you choose to dig into your human design or not, like really just like giving yourself permission to be different and doing things in a way that works for you and knowing that like that is going to generate more success and more flow and more alignment than anything else. Aaron, I want to thank you for giving me the insight into my own human design reading. I appreciate that. And I very much appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much. Of course. Such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye now. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening to the episode today. And as we talked about on the show, the pandemic has caused a lot of us to rethink aspects of our life. You know, life is short. It's important to enjoy the time we have here and feel as good as possible. And if we can do all the important stuff in four days rather than five. And when I say important stuff, you know what I'm talking about, you know, earning money, job, whatever it is. Well, isn't that better? So that you can spend more time relaxing. Like I said on the show, I'm looking forward to reading Thursday is the New Friday because I think that it's a very powerful book that Joe has written. Well, I'm also so grateful to be using self-hypnosis every day in my life to fend off anxiety, to stay grounded, and just generally to, to feel terrific. I've taught self-hypnosis to 23 listeners now, 23 Mindful Tribe listeners. I was just counting them up. And you can learn it too. Do you wish your life didn't feel like a scramble? Like you're rushing all the time to get everything done? Well, self-hypnosis can help with that. 
and I just love teaching it one-on-one. If this is something you'd like to look into, send me an email, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. Put Joe in the subject line, and I'll know you were listening to this episode with Joe. We'll jump on a free Zoom call. We'll talk about whether hypnosis or self-hypnosis is right for you, and we'll just we'll just take action and make it happen. Taking action is is something that I just truly believe in. So, hey, take what we've learned today and reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening to the show today and learning about human design and everything to do with human design. I really enjoyed talking with Aaron. I hope you enjoyed that too. And... Hey, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. And one other thing, if you want to send me an email, I'm always happy to receive emails from you. Maybe you'd like to tell me about someone that would be great to have on the show. Maybe you'd like to comment on one of my one of my guests or one of the themes of the shows or maybe you'd like to suggest a theme that on the weekends I I usually do a show about a specific topic related to mindfulness send me an email bruce at mindfulnessmode.com I'd love to hear from you so all the best to you take care bye now